here we are again. Another episode. We are now on episode 18. And um, that's blowing my mind. Uh, every, every episode just makes me feel, I don't know, like, am I really here? Like, I, am I doing another, yet another episode of It's in the Book? Um, I'm truly blessed to be, um, to have this platform. I'm truly blessed to be able to deliver to you, um, a word that the Lord has given me. And, um, yeah, this is, this is a, this is a comfortable place for me. And the deeper I get into this thing, the more I love it. You know, I get the opportunity to just lean into the Lord, listen, um, to what he's saying, incline mine ear to the Holy Spirit and, bring to you whatever he brings to me. So without further ado, without further delay, let's go ahead and get into this word. Um, <laughs> this 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 episode's going to be a little, if y'all think I'd be rebuking any other time, let me tell you about the rebuke that's about to come through this microphone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But not really. So let's get into this word. I uh, will read our scripture for the day, and then I will tag a title to this message, and then we'll get into prayer and the content. Y'all ready? Let's do it. Our scripture reading for today is actually rather long. It's a little longer. It's a lot longer than I would usually read, especially for our anchor scripture. But we need to hear this. I'm coming from Romans chapter one, verses 18 through 25. Yes, through 25. And as usual, I am reading from the new King James. All right, here we go. Uh, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God to an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. I'm going to tag a title to this message today. And this message is called Bring the High Places Down. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this day. I thank you for yet another episode. God, I thank you for your goodness. God, you are great and greatly to be praised. God, you're good in ways we don't even know yet. Uh, God, I thank you for every listener. I thank you for um, 
I thank you for the opportunity to be used by you, to be a vessel, to be a mouthpiece, God, for you. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that every heart would turn toward you, God, that you would be exalted in all the earth, God, that salvation would increase. And when there is no increase or where there is no increase in salvation, God, that there would be an increase in your mercy. God, I pray that though we face tribulation, even so we rejoice, God, that the time will soon come when your chosen generation will see you face to face. Even so, Lord Jesus, come in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, listen. God hates idolatry. He loathes it. He is disgusted by it has great disdain for it. Whatever way you want to say hate, God hates idolatry. So the reason I chose the title, Bring the High Places Down, first and foremost, I didn't choose it. The Holy Spirit just dropped it on me um, because we have an influx of idolatry in this country in particular. Now, you know, you go to other countries and they've got other religions and you see idolatry there. Um, and it's because of, you know, it's part of their religions. But here in the U.S., there has been a great turning away from the Lord. Um, and 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 the interesting thing is... Um, you know, I, I have a, I used to have a hard time seeing why lately I've been able to uh, get some insight into why people are turning away from Jesus or why people don't embrace Jesus. And um, I'm going to get into that in a little bit. I don't want to start there, but I wanted to really just drive home how much God detests idolatry. He spends all of Deuteronomy 13, warning the children of Israel against idolatry. He spends the first, he uses the first two of the 10 commandments rebuking, not just rebuking, but like telling us we shall not have other gods before him, that we shall not worship anything that is not him. God detests idolatry. He condemns it. He completely condemns it in those first two commandments. Um, you can find those in Exodus 20. I think it starts at verse one, but verses three and four are the first two commandments that um, those the commandments that that condemn idolatry. And you know, I I started wondering why it is that we're seeing such a great influx of idolatry in the U.S. and I realized that um, you know we're, we're seeing the manifestation of Hosea two six, I'm sorry Hosea four six Hosea four six, right before our eyes, and it's that uh, you know God's people perish for a lack of knowledge. I think some of us don't really truly know what idolatry is, so I want to take a little bit of time today talking about or defining um, and setting some parameters around idolatry, right? And then after that, I want to get into what idolatry, uh, what are some of the things that we're idolizing today? And then I want to talk about, then I'm going to get into why we're turning away from Christ and to idolatry. So 
uh, you're going to hear the pages of my Bible turning and the pages of my notebook because, you know, I do all this kind of raw, like <laughs> almost stone and chisel. Maybe if I had a stone and chisel, I'd do it that way. But I do, you know, always take uh, copious notes. I take a lot of notes as I'm studying and as I'm listening to the Lord. And um, so you'll hear that happening in the background, like right now. So um, I want to first, I, I want to first... Um, define idolatry according to scripture. Okay. So we're going to go back to our anchor scripture, which is Romans um, chapter one. And we're looking at verse 22. And uh, we're going to go down to, mm, should we do the 24, 25? We're going to go, we're going to start at 22. Two, we're going to go to 25. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God to an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So, what Paul is saying here, he's giving us uh, two definitions for idolatry or for uh, idols. So the first definition is an image, okay? Creating an image or worshiping an image of anything created in heaven, anything created on earth, okay? He says, um, and change the glory of the incorruptible God for an, uh, into an image like corruptible man. So those of you who have pictures of Jesus hanging in your house, and that looks like, and you think that's Jesus, that's the image of an of a corruptible man. Okay, because nobody can behold the image of God. It's just too great. It's just too great and terrible to actually behold with the naked eye. Right. So I know we all like to have those, I ain't even going to get into that, but I know, you know, I grew up with pictures of Jesus and I, I remember seeing pictures of a corruptible man that, you know, was supposed to be the image of Jesus in my grandmother's house uh, when I was growing up. And, you know, back then I think people just really didn't know, you know, but again, Hosea 4, 6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And so, uh, but she she had one of those pictures. I, I lots of y'all probably have grandmothers with those pictures. Some of you might have those pictures in your house. I see lots of pitch, people with pictures of Black Jesus. I'm gonna get into that into another in another episode because y'all are just like grossly misinterpreting that scripture. But anyway, moving on. So it's an image. Anytime we take an image of. Uh, uh, when, when we take an image of God or what we assume is the image of God and we make a likeness of God to look like man, that's idolatry. Okay. But another uh, definition of idolatry here is, oh, and by the way, you know, also any birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. So, you know, idolatry is not, you know, I know a lot of people think about the book of Exodus, um, and they think about the golden calf, right? The people worshiping the golden calf, uh, the children of Israel worshiping the golden calf. That's not the only idol that exists, right? They, there are, but but that is clearly an example that we see in scripture very often. Uh, the children of Israel 
and and not just the children of Israel, but um, lots of different nations were creating. Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? They were creating images. They were creating sculptures. They were creating monuments that were shaped like animals, and they worshipped those animals or those images or structures or. Uh, monuments, they would worship those things as if they were representations of the gods, little g gods, which had uh, done anything for them. Okay. Uh, And and the earliest examples of this are actually seen in in the book of Exodus in Egypt. When we see the 10 plagues, um, all of those 10 plagues were an uh, indirect offense against 10 gods um, that were being worshipped in Egypt by the Egyptians, but also by the children of Israel. Because remember, the children of Israel were in captivity in Egypt for 400 years. So they had, you know, all the people who had, uh, who'd been in Egypt from, uh, let's see, uh, I'm trying to think, all the people who had been, uh, who came over like Jacob and the 12, the original um, 12 that came into Egypt, those are, all those people are dead, okay? So all the people growing up in Egypt had really didn't have, they had at, at best a weak recollection of the omniscient God, the true and living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at this point. They'd kind of really forgotten about that. Why? Because they spent 400 years in enslavement. They spent 400 years watching the watching the Egyptians worship polytheistic uh I'm sorry, watching the children of Israel, oh, Lord Jesus, help me, watching the Egyptians um, in a polytheistic society. So since all the people who were worshiping the true and living God at that point had really died off, those people who knew the true, had a relationship with the true and living God had really died off. What we see is the children of Israel now worshiping or at least um watching, witnessing the Egyptians worshiping many gods. And so the primary reason that God wanted the children of Israel out of Egypt, yes, it was to free them from captivity, but it was also so that they could begin, so that they could return to worshiping him. So they could come out of this polytheistic society. And again, that goes back to what we see with God sending these 10 plagues, all 10 of these plagues were in direct opposition to one of these gods that the Egyptians worshiped. Okay. So we going back to the image of animals, you know, we, we, we saw the children of Israel uh, as they were in the wilderness creating animal-like idols to worship, uh, but also Again, going back to things that look like man, or um, yes, things that look like man, um, but are supposed to be the image of uh, the image of God. But then, looking at verse twenty-five, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, this is where things get a little bit sticky. Because many of us would not perceive that we are idolaters. 
because we're thinking, well, I don't have these images of Jesus in my house and I don't have these, uh, you know, I, I don't have these golden calves or these animals or anything like that um, that I'm worshiping in my house. Ah, but you might be worshiping that man that you've been laid up with. Or even your husband. I ain't going to say you was laid up with him. It could be your husband. Maybe we're worshiping uh, the people we're in relationships with, right? Maybe we worship food. Maybe we worship money. Maybe we worship entertainment or our children or our businesses and ministries or, um, you know, entertainers, right? There are things that many of us worship without really even uh, understanding that that's what we're doing. Because again, Hosea 4, 6, we perish for a lack of knowledge. So this is an important time uh, because Jesus is coming back. I don't know if I said that yet in this episode. I don't know. I know I said it in the last couple episodes. Jesus is coming back. Okay. Like the days are not, the, the days are running out. So this is not the time for us to be ignorant about idolatry. It's not the time for us to be ignorant about what we are worshiping instead of worshiping the true and living God. Paul says, worshiping the creature instead of the creator. Lots of us are worshiping the people that we're in relationships with. I'm telling you, I see it all the time. I see it all the time. We do this and we don't do it intentionally. Because we're thinking because we don't bow down, we have this, I think some of us have in our minds this image of ourselves on our knees bowing down or being, you know, subservient uh, to other humans. But the reality is that if you've traded your time with the Lord for a relationship, you've made that relationship an idol. You've made that other person an idol. This is what we're not understanding. And by the way, this all hits me first. Like it, it all, all of these things hit me first because I had to realize that there were certain things that I was idolizing that were kind of getting in the way of, um, they were keeping me from being totally surrendered and submitted to the Lord. One of those things is, okay, so <laughs> I'm task oriented. All right. So for me, a thing that I'd made an idol was task completion, which has a lot to do with, you know, a religious spirit. And uh, I, I am always working against the spirit of religion. Uh, because my relationship with the Lord is purely on relation. It's based on, it's, it's relationship. It's not religion, right? I do whatever he says to do. And sometimes that has a structure to it. And sometimes it doesn't. I just follow, you know, but I realized that completion of the task achievement, achieving things was an idol for me. It was like just saying, oh, I did that. I was able to do that. I was able to, I, I have always, uh, well, I'm not going to say always because I'm not this way anymore. Praise the Lord. I've been delivered from it. But before this most recent season of my life, like maybe in the past couple years, I definitely operated 
heavy in pride. Like I was walking in pride, had my chest puffed up. I was never, I was never what I would call condescending. I don't know. Maybe somebody else might have that opinion of me. I I, I don't know. I would never um, consider myself being condescending, but there were, um, you know, I used to just have this, this whole like, yeah, like I understood that I was gifted in many things, right? I would say that I was like David. David had many gifts, and all of them were used by God to get him into the kingdom, right? To secure the palace for David. And I used to pride myself on this thing here, that I have a unique ability to learn things very quickly and do them very well. I don't know why the Lord has given me that, but it is a gift that God has given me. I don't even know what that gift is called, but I just... I can learn things quickly and then be able to do them well. And, you know, and that used to be a thing that I idolized. Like this ability, this, it was a sense, of, it, it was uh, attached to a sense of achievement for me. And as opposed to acknowledging that that was a thing that came from the Lord, I was walking in it like it was me. I don't know. Maybe I was idolizing myself, you know, which is a little embarrassing to say, but it's real. I, you know, I'm just telling the truth. And there are some of us who are really, really caught in idol worship and just not thinking that it's idol worship because it doesn't look like what we think idol worship is, which is worshiping golden calves or bowing down at the feet of another human being. But some of us have, um, some of us assign power to things that have no power at all. The purpose of today's episode really is just to get you to examine yourself, pray for revelation knowledge, you know, or, or, you know, pray that the Lord will give you a revelation of any idols that you may be worshiping in your life. Money is a major idol for so many people. And that has a lot to do with fear. We revere, we understand that when it comes to God, we have a fear of God, which translates into a reverence. But when it comes to money, there's a fear of going without it. And I don't know, maybe some people do revere money. The purpose, the point is that we need to check our relationships with the things that we have around us, with the people we have around us. Are any of these things idols? Are any of these things Um, Have we put any of these things in high places? Have we put any of these things on, um, on, I I don't like to use the term pedestal, but yeah, on a pedestal. It's very important that we, in this time especially, in this time especially, because God is not playing 
Jesus is coming back. It's time to really examine ourselves so that we can be sure that we can present ourselves faultless before the throne. So that we can hear, well done. So that we can hear, this is my beloved son or daughter with whom I'm well pleased. And so that while we're here on earth, we're enjoying the richest, the richest relationship with Jesus Christ. The richest relationship with Jesus Christ. Idols get in the way. They do. Think about being in a marriage, right? And then you have children and your children start to occupy so much of your time and your attention and your energy that there's really no intimacy in your marital relationship anymore, right? And, you know, I wouldn't say you've made your children an idol, even though it's possible to make your children an idol. But I wouldn't say you've made your children an idol. What you have done is you've allowed your children to occupy a space that your spouse should be occupying. This is what we do with idols. We allow them to occupy spaces that God should be occupying. We we worship them when we should be giving God our worship. We glorify them when we should be giving God the glory. It's just really, really important to make sure that in these last days, I'm not just saying last days, these are the end times. I don't watch the news, but I can, I can, there are a couple things. Well, I read the news. I read the pour over. Shout out to the pour over. Unbiased news um, with scripture integrated into it. I love it. And the 1440, 1440s unbiased news as well. You get the headlines without all the fear mongering. Um, I'm not promoting them. I'm just letting you know, these are the things that I read. No paid promotions over here. So at least not yet. <laughs> so, um, but I have been paying attention to the headlines and, and even before I saw what was occurring in the news, I could sense it in the atmosphere. I, uh, have a seer anointing. And so there are things that I see. There are things that I hear. There are even things that I smell. And um, God speaks to me in very unique ways. And I won't say that, you know, they're singular. I'm sure he speaks to other people the same way he speaks to me. But uh, he does speak to me in, in ways that he doesn't, you know, speak to all people. And so, And a lot of that has to do with the fact that if I figure out that there is something standing in the way of our relationship, it gets removed because I'm trying to hear from the Lord about what's going on. But again, even before I could see it on the news or not see it, but read it in the news, I could feel it in the atmosphere. And even those of you without prophetic giftings, you feel it. You know that the days are coming to an end. We know we can we can sense it. You can almost feel it on your skin. The days are coming to an end and it is so important that right now we have a closeness with God like we've never had before so that we can be enjoying the fullness of life while we're still here on earth. 
before we get to before we get to access our eternal life that we're having an abundant life here on earth we got to get closer to Jesus we got to be got to incline our ear to the holy spirit and listen to what he's saying god is talking to all of us he doesn't say oh i'm only going to talk to this person and this person and this person no he says i'm going to talk to everybody but there are just some of us who can actually hear because we're listening, right? Um, And I believe, you know, there are people he chooses to be prophets. He speaks to us differently than he speaks to everybody, but he does speak to everybody. And he desires a closeness with you and a richness in relationship with you so that he can communicate with you, so that he can guide you, so that he can give you the fullest life, the Zoe life. So you can be experiencing heaven here on earth before you even get to glory. Imagine experiencing heaven here on earth and then getting up to heaven and realizing that it's like 200 times or 200 to the 200th power. <laughs> more um, beautiful and glorious than what you've experienced here. Imagine having an amazing life here on earth and then getting to heaven and realizing that even this was not as good as it is <laughs> not as good as heaven. That's crazy, right? Like that's how I think of heaven. I think of like, I think I have a good life here. But I'm, you know, I always think that there can be improvements, right? I think I have an, I think I have a great life here on Earth. An amazing family, amazing circle of friends, an amazing uh, prophetic circle, and, um, I, but I, I just, I still believe that when I get to heaven, God gonna top that. He gonna, he gonna top that. That's crazy to me. I think about that all the time. You're good. You're so good. Like my mind can't even fathom your goodness. Even today, I'm living in a goodness of God that I could not perceive 10 years ago. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, Jesus is coming back and it's really important for us to have a closeness with him right now so that we can have a deeper understanding of what's going on so that we can strategize and the way to and strategize and prepare. And the way to do that is by bringing the high places down. Any idol, anything we've exalted needs to come down. Anything we've exalted as if it were like God or worse above God, it needs to come down. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you're good. You're good. This word was good. This day is good. Everything you make is good. So we command this day to come into agreement with your goodness and your word, which says that you are good and that everything you make is good. So we thank you for a good day. God, we thank you so, so much just for your loving kindness, for your mercies, which are new every single day day you give us new mercies. And we don't deserve them, but we need them. So we thank you. God, I declare 
that there is a great awakening happening right now. And even as people are listening to the sound of my voice, God, that they are being charged up and receiving an impartation, God, that's going to wake up something in them and encourage them to, or, or even just mobilize them, God, that they would be prepared and ready and eager to tear the high places down, to bring down every high place that's been exalted against God or been exalted like God. These things must come down, God. So we we call on you right now to separate us from any idols, any idols, anything that we've worshiped, God, anything that we've made like you, anything that we've assigned power to, knowing that power comes from you. Lord, I thank you. I praise you. I ask you to bless the house of every listener, Lord. Give them an abundance that could only come from heaven. Give them an abundance, a richness of your glory, a richness of relationship that could only come from an encounter with you. Lord, would you visit them today? Visit them in their homes. Visit them on their jobs. Visit them in their cars. Show up, God. And give them a revelation and a confirmation to bring the high places down. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, that's it. I got to go. You got to go. We all got things to do. I love you so much. I thank you for uh, coming back every week. This is It's so good to me that you do that. And um, I hope this is good to you. I, I hope I'm good to you. I do genuinely love you. I love you with the love of the Lord. And, um, you know, I think some of us have such a hard time with uh, Christianity because we struggle with love right? Some of us have a hard time. Some of us are turning away from Christ because we don't understand love and we don't want to love each other unconditionally. And we struggle with forgiveness. And it's hard for us to let things go when somebody has hurt us, but and 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 these other these other religions and idols these other practices, they allow us to be unforgiving and they allow us, they give they make room for us not to love others. But Jesus has called us to love everyone as we have loved ourselves. Jesus has called us to forgive everyone, to accept the blood of Jesus Christ as payment for other people's sins against us, as God has accepted the blood of Jesus Christ as payment for our sins against him. We've turned away from Christ because we don't want to love and we don't want to forgive. So today, I encourage you to love, to search your heart for that person who has pissed you off, made you angry, who's made you want to do something really crazy, and love, forgive, be free. And love because Jesus has commanded you to, because Jesus has commanded his bride to be loving and forgiving. Amen. All right. 
Love you tremendously. Bye.